When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everyone? Look at Mike. He's got his Santa hat on. Hey, man. Chris, Christmas is tomorrow. Got to gotta get in the, uh, the spirit, you know? Got to get in the Christmas spirit. You know, that's the one thing. Um, living down here in Florida, there's it, – it's not it, – the colors are all over the place and everything's lit up like Christmas time. It's a little weird – I'm not used to going outside in 75, 80 degrees, uh, you know, and they're like frosty, the snuff me again. Now he's, he's not around here. Frosty the puddle. Yeah, I know. Frosty's <laughs> the, the, the water man. Maybe they need to come <laughs> frosty, the water guy, the aqua man or something. Cause it's not, it's not, hold on a second. I got to turn up. I'm, uh, I'm in, um, Sarasota. Well, technically, I'm in Sarasota, Florida right now. I just finished two shows. And uh, I hope everyone liked that first live stream concert from Tampa. We're going to be doing more. I'm already looking at perhaps Las Vegas. Las Vegas is January, I think, 14, 15, 16. So all you Patreon members, we will be watching that live show from Vegas most likely, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's the one I'm going to pick for the month. So we'll take it there. It should be different material from what you just saw. That's kind of experiment. All this is kind of we're just growing. I got huge response, by the way, from last week's podcast, which was very, um, I don't know, deep, spiritual, real, whatever, however you want to talk. As a matter of fact, Last week, Mike, I thought it was fascinating. You know, sometimes I don't like, I shouldn't say that. It's not that I don't like putting that stuff out there because A, it's honest and it's real and it really happens. So it's not like a belief that I'm trying to put on people. It's just real experiences and I, and I put it out there. But I thought one of the most fascinating things, I, I've spoken to you many times, um, you immediately did, did can you can you tell everyone what you immediately reached you because I was talking about my dad and the Cardinal and Rob and and Joe Sib and we we were talking about the hawk and that whole thing. What did you say to me? Or you text you texted to me, right? No, we had a phone call right after the show. What did you tell everyone what you said? And I was blown away that you that you immediately like we we just finished the podcast and you reached out, which I have to say, I would never have seen that in someone like you. So 
my father passed away a few years ago and he was uh, cremated. So I found these necklaces online that you can take some of the ashes and you can put them in the necklace and, you know, carry them around with you wherever you go. The design that I got, the first one, I wasn't really too keen on. So I'm like, I want to get a different one. But my dad's ashes were already in there. Um, a buddy of mine came down from Alaska and he was visiting. Uh, call him Eskimo Joe. He's a good friend. Eskimo. And I was telling him about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what to do with this. And uh, he was like, well, give it to me and I'll take it to Alaska. And he's like. I can put it in a tree and hawks like shiny things, this and that, and they'll take it and they'll go whatever. I'm like, ah, whatever, you know, fine. He, my dad's in Alaska. Cool. So he goes back to Alaska and weeks go by. This necklace is in the uh, tree and it's just sitting there and it's not doing anything. And then all of a sudden he sends me an email saying, dude, there's a hawk in the tree by your dad's necklace. And I'm like, get out of here. And he said it was just sitting there and it just stared at him. And for like 10, 15 minutes, it just sat there. And then all of a sudden it just grabbed the necklace and then just took off. That's why. See, again, that's one of those. <laughs> yeah. And there's people that do yeah. that. No, but there's some people that go, yeah. all right. So, you're going to relate a hawk that, you know, your dad's ass is in Alaska and you think like, like, what do you think? It's a spirit or something? It's just, um, it's to each his own. It's to each his own. And I keep telling people, if you do feel there's some type of uh, connection or whatever, then so be it. Uh, as long as it helps you, uh, it helps fill your cup up. Who cares? You know, um, I want to I want to talk about a few things, and I want to bring a friend on that I've been doing some shows with down here in Florida, uh, Monty Franklin, on a little bit. Um, originally, he came from Australia and doing stand up here. But two things: one is along that line, you know, I do, I do want to start doing a segment where I really, really study lyrics, and I really, really. I learned so much from like some people go to church or some people that I I'll take lyrics and I'll see them in a whole different light than others do it. And what you're, what you were just saying, like just the spirit, I was really into, I like, I, I used to really be into hard rock and I, I mean, I still am, but one of the bands that I, I find fascinating used to be this band system of a down. Now it doesn't even matter what system of a down is. What I'm learning was when I would talk to people just about certain things, they'd go, Oh, where'd you hear that? And if I didn't put the music behind it and I didn't say who was doing it, they thought it was fascinating, uh, riveting and all that jazz. So here is a, here's lyrics. I used to blast this all the time and it brings me also into this whole uh, twitter war that went on that i even know i was involved in um the song is called science right so it says making two possibilities a reality predicting the future of things we all know fighting off the diseased programming 
of centuries. Science fails to recognize the single most potent. That's a, that's a big word. Science fails to recognize the single most potent element of human existence. Letting the reins go to the unfolding. So science fails to recognize a potent element of humanity that would let our reins just go to a complete new unfolding. And that is faith. Faith. Now, faith has also been captured and reorganized and shown as religion, which turned a lot of humanity the other way. That was a well-orchestrated plan if you ask me. And then the best part of it, I mean, it's a very heavy song. Uh, and I love how he says, spirit moves through all things. Science has failed our world. Science has failed our mother earth. Science fails to recognize the single most potent element of human existence, existence, faith, spirit moves through all things. Thank you, Turge. Thank you, system of a doubt. So, that I just wanted to put back into uh, what I was talking about last week, which uh, goes along this whole thing. And, you know, it's to each his own. Some people think it's uh, ludicrous. Some people think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And we, we do have a, a deeper feeling. So now that it's Christmas Eve, I'd like to pay homage, which will play at the end of, of this. When Christmas Eve comes, I think of my mom more than anyone else because the tragedy that she lived through in her lifetime, but yet she found to always give the ultimate love and the ultimate and, and everything she could to, to enhance my life and lives around. She was never perfect. But I remember every Christmas Eve, she'd start drinking um, and she'd have like two vodka martinis. And she, this song was, I'll be home for Christmas. And she would sob and get angry. And I never understood why she was doing that until, until I realized her first husband, the first husband she married was during World War II. And her first husband, who fought under Patton, his last name was Troy. And um, he, when he came home from World War II, he, he felt terrible leaving his comrades behind. He got married, married my mom, had a child and decided to go back. My mom begged him not to, begged him not to, his family begged him not to. He, he felt terrible leaving his comrades behind. So he went back and then from, I think the war, I, I, I wanna say the, the war ended in the spring. I don't know the facts, I don't know the details. All I know is about two months before World War II ended, he was taken out by a sniper which then 
that's what my mom would be crying about and sad about. And it reminded me so much, and I know it sounds crazy, it was, you had this tragic thing, but yet my dad was in the picture. My dad didn't take it personally. Um, and my mom still had this pain. Everyone, it, rem it just reminded me that no matter how much pain you have going on and all this jazz, there's always room to spread some love. And Christmas Eve, she'd go through that little ritual and then we'd, we'd spend time together and we just, it, we'd laugh and do whatever we can. So wherever you are this Christmas Eve, whatever pain you're going through, whatever tragedy you're going through, big or small in your own mind, hey man, give yourself a little bit of a break and, and you don't know the tragedies of so many people going on. So I, I'm, I'm excited about Christmas. I have all my, all my girls here. Uh, most likely it'll get real gnarly in another day or two. And my wife are going to go, Oh my God, I can't wait for them to leave. It's driving me crazy. They bicker, they fight, they did like that. Um, which is really funny because I'm a guy that said, oh, I want my kids never to leave. But now I'm like, yeah, no, they all need to be on their own. Um, <laughs> I guess that's a long way of saying uh, Merry Christmas to all and all that jazz. So, Mike, you doing anything? Uh, what are you doing for Christmas? Um, What am I doing? Let's see. Today I'm going to my aunt's, so my dad's side of the family. Uh, see my you know aunt, my uncle, my cousin. She just had a baby, so I get to see the baby. Um, and then yeah, tomorrow I'll be going to uh, my mom and, and uh, with my girlfriend and her kids. And uh, yeah, it'll be a great time there. We do some uh, ride some ATVs on Christmas. It's a tradition. Oh, so yeah, we'll do some uh, riding through the woods, you know, on a one horse open uh, ATV. Very cool. Um, so let's, uh, since I'm in the beachy weather, so I've been doing some shows. I have, uh, basically, I, I have three openers right now. I have Brian McKenna, who's been on a bunch of times here, a couple times. He was, I thought he was hilarious on the conspiracy episode, which we definitely have, we have to do more of those. People seem to like that one. Um, and Joe Sib, who was on last week. But this week, we have, um, now, Joe Sib. Well, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it the first time we met and all that jazz. Uh, this is Monty Franklin, who's a comedian has been touring around here with me in Florida. Uh, let's get Monty on the line. Hey, Jim. Now, what's really funny about Monty is he's... <laughs> <laughs> I had to leave the room that you were in because I knew we were going to get feedback. Yeah. So... Uh, you might, the first time we met was, and by the way, Monty's really funny. He crushes the <laughs> crowd. Um, you know, he's got the big, he's, he's a tall guy. He's in shape. He's got the accent. It's just, you know. Just, yeah, tall and in shape is always funny. That's what people come to laugh at. Six foot one and well, people think I, that's hilarious. I'm just saying, you got you got the world by the Conads boy. Just, I remember I would play this comedy club in Long Island. It was called uh, uh, East Side Comedy. Wait, but we're talking 
I was always invited and I was always able to check it out. So I told my friends, bro, you gotta, you gotta fly in early and you have to let me know in here. And just, just, I got a big surprise for you. And they're like, Oh, okay. Like, what? So they land, I'm looking, Metallica's going to rehearse at like eight o'clock and they land at six. I'm like, okay, it's uh, 6.30, meet me at this restaurant, it's 7 o'clock, where are you guys? Hey, yeah, we're, we're doing something, okay, uh, it's 7.15, what are you doing? It's 7.30, like that. now they come rolling in, and they are, one eye is facing this way, the other now, like, will you guys... We what happened? Like, ah, we had to stop it. Did you know marijuana is legal here? <laughs> I I get like so we stop at a dispensary and uh we got we're we're not allowed to buy anything for twenty four hours. I went why? Why they said we bought too much. I went how much did you buy as as a grown man? I don't know. We spent like a thousand a thousand that they had shopping bags <laughs> shopping bags like well you know, we, we we need like a year or two supply so i'm already like this this vegas trip is gonna be nuts out so these two are just already they're eating edibles they're they're in vegas i said let's already eat it went, no 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 we gotta go see metallica and they're like well what do you mean they're tomorrow went, no I needed you here. So they're walking, they're dragging their feet. Um, they had no clue. We walk in the arena and there's Metallica on stage. No one's there. And I go walking up to the gate and I'm watching. Yeah. And the coolest thing was um, James was done. James was done. They were just, he's done. I think Lars may have showed up late, which annoyed James or what. I, I, I don't remember exactly, but they're rehearsing. And, and I, I would imagine once James, once James got, he's like, all right, dude, we're done. That's it. I'm done. So he goes, he's finishing a song. Uh, I think it was no remorse, no regrets. We don't care. Well, I'm like, Oh my God, I love this song. And uh, he finishes the song and he goes, all right, dude, we're done. And Lars is going, dude, don't, can't we just do like two more? Can't we, Jim's here and his buddies, who's his buddies? And I, answer, I so and so and so and so. And he's like, nice to meet you. He goes, can't we just do Rome? I want to do Rome. And James goes, no, let Brewer do it. And I went, yeah, yeah. He goes, no, seriously, come on. Everybody. And Lars goes, dude, come on up here. And, and I said, remember <laughs> lyrics. And James goes, no, come in. The lyrics are here. Good, you do it. And I go up on the stage. Now, little do they know, I've been rehearsing this stuff in my bedroom since I was a kid. <laughs> I've sang every song 8,000 times. So I already know the, you know, where I lay my head is, oh, yeah. <laughs> And my favorite part, you got to ask Sib, too, because I think he took a, was he there? Someone took a picture. Oh, no, no, no. The Metallica photographer, he sent me the video. I'll let you, I should release it. I got to find this video. And it's me singing 
with Metallica wherever I may roam. And the best part, which I didn't know till it was over, when the first lyric kicks in, right? Uh, I don't even know. We, um, and the road becomes my pride. Kirk and the bass player, they look at each other and they're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Uh, so that, so I'm just talking about all the great things in Vegas. This is so vivid, that whole thing. So I had that whole element going on. Then Brian Regan. Brian Regan is one of my all-time favorite comedians. I love Brian Regan. I've been watching him since the late 80s when I was doing open mic. and He come through. Brilliant comedian. Then he had a resurrection of, of people discovering his material online. Uh, great guy. And then we had your element. That you guys are coming. Um, we do the show. After the show, we all pile into, we went on the tour bus, right? It was me, yeah. you, Joe. That's the greatest. All the texts from, from Metallica for each band member. And we, I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. All I know is we were laughing hard. And we were we were, we were doing whatever we were doing, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And Brian Regan hung out <laughs> to about two, three in the morning. And I can honestly say Brian Regan is just as funny, if not even funnier off stage than he, he held court on that bus for hours. And just conversation. It was we. That was a fun night, Monty. That was uh, that was incredible. Actually, I've got a, 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 a. I'm ashamed to tell you this story of what uh, transpired after that Metallica show. Right, I'll tell you quickly. So my wife came to that show as well, and I said to her, uh, "Will you come to Metallica with me? You know, it's, this is the band that I've always wanted to see. Blah blah, all that stuff." And she said, "I'll only come." If the Spice Girls ever get back together, you have to come to the Spice Girls with me. And so I was like, <laughs> all right. And uh, <laughs> so she comes to Metallica. We do all that. We have that great night, the tour bus, everything. That was the, just the greatest thing ever. A year later, uh, Spice Girls announced that they're coming out of retirement and doing a tour in London. So fast forward to me on a plane to London with my wife to go and see the Spice Girls at uh, Wembley Stadium. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Jim, it was one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. It was, the whole stadium was just filled with like so much uh, like love and like wonderment for this band that I didn't realize I knew most of their songs. <laughs> and so I'm there going, I know this one. I remember this one. And I just decided to get into it. And I just turned into a Spice Girls fan for the night. And uh, that could have been like the, the second best concert. The Metallica one's the best one I've ever seen with you guys that night. And the second might have been that Spice Girls concert. It was incredible. It's so stupid, I know. It's not stupid. I just, I did not, I don't think anyone saw that coming, Marty. No, no, I know. I didn't see it coming. But uh, there I was. There I was. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. 
If you really want that, that, that. I remember that one. Yeah, and me and me dancing around with a Spice Girls T-shirt on, just getting fully into it. Because I said to myself, "You're either <laughs> going to sit there and go, oh, this is stupid, or you're going to act like this is the greatest thing ever." So I went the other way, and it was so much fun. I think I was one of three heterosexual men in the whole stadium, but um, it was uh, it was so so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro, that's freaking weird. You, um, so you're you're in uh, money's in Orlando. Um, when are you? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, we already passed your headlining show in uh, Sarasota, didn't we? No, no, I'm doing it on the. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, we did. It was uh, the 23rd of December. Yeah, so it's meaningless. It was it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so my life is meaningless. So. We just jumped in time. It's really funny because, listen, I'm going to kid you guys. Uh, we're, I'm usually a week or two before, uh, ahead of the game with the podcast, and I'm actually glad that Mike uh, reminded me this is going to air Christmas Eve. So I instantly went, okay, we're going to get rid of all the stuff I have today. A little too heavy. Um, so Joe Sib was the one that – He's like, dude, you should have Monty open. So I didn't – What when when I have openers, I never watch them. I always – I always uh, – I always just kind of sit in the back. And if I don't hear people cursing at whoever's on stage or I don't hear people <laughs> get thrown out or hostility or someone going, oh, my God, this person sucks, then they – most likely they're already past what I need. And then the other element is just hanging out and backstage and conversation, the type of person you are, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a nice couple runs. Our first one was uh, Naples, Florida. And then, oh, yeah. And then uh, now we've been the, the set out of, so we, we together, we did Sarasota. Off the hook, Naples. Off the hook, Naples. We're about to do Tampa. I mean, technically, Tampa. in Tampa, we did it live already. But you never did Tampa before? No. But um, now that we're going uh, live and I've already done it in the future, uh, it was really good. I fucking I killed it. Killed it, Jim. <laughs> you <I> really. <laughs> You're incredible. And I'm I can't sure, believe. And I'm not sure if I streamed you live or not. I'll have to uh, <laughs> see if part of that. <laughs> but we'll we'll have a we'll definitely have a lot more uh, shows and stuff. And then, um, cause you yeah, but it's been incredible because they've all been midweek shows. That's very rare to have because you're selling these shows out. You know, they're full shows on a Tuesday and a Wednesday when usually uh, we're not doing as much as comedians because comedy's Thursday to Sunday type thing. So it's just been a midweek. Uh, blessing in Florida to get to be able to do these awesome shows. What are you doing? What are you doing Christmas? You doing anything special? Do you guys, cause you have family. Well, mom's in Australia, right? Yeah, they're all, uh, they're in Australia and the, you know, it's hard for us to get back there now and vice versa. So my sister lives in California um, and she's going to come over to Orlando and we're going to have a traditional Floridian Christmas uh, with my wife's family that's there. So I think we do a Christmas Eve sort of thing and then 
uh, Christmas lunch and then we go to the movies. That's a tradition of theirs. Is that an American thing to go to the cinema, the movies on a Christmas day? I've never heard of that. Yeah, well, then I'm, they're insane yeah. and I'm going along with their weird tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's their tradition. I like it. I love it. Now, how long have you been married? Uh, I mean, uh, six six months, but actually oh, no one's meant to know. I probably shouldn't broadcast it on... Because <laughs> I'm actually having a wedding uh, next year in uh, Los Angeles and everyone from Australia is coming because they haven't been able to get over uh, in the last two years. So... We got married just to get it done and got it quickly. You know, we got married on did the I, beach. Did I looking right. A lot of people don't know. No, no, because I keep saying it by mistake on stage and on radio. I did it in, on radio in Denver last week. I'm an idiot. So okay. <laughs> I've just been telling everyone. I think comics are lying or goofing or whatever. But I, I did clear, you know, I heard you say my wife, my wife and my wife. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm like, hey, Look, I'm not great. At- oh, we're going to get married. Whoa, what? <laughs> What? Hold on. Do you know how marriage works? You don't have to do it every six months. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone, someone told me you're, is, is, is it okay to talk about your wife? I don't know anything about your wife. Um, no, talk about it. Someone said that she was. Um, they slept with her last week. Is this how you're going to tell me? What? Someone said they slept with her last week. Oh no! What? Sorry, what? <laughs> she, she holds. She's a ring girl for like the UFC fighting. Where she, she. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the. She's one of the ring card girls. Um, so there's been four main ring card girls that have worked with the UFC the whole time, and uh, and she's one of the four main ones. It's been the most incredible job imaginable, and um, she's had I don't know nine years working for this awesome company that have taken great care of her and the other girls and been loyal to them. They're loyal in return. Dana White has been nothing but fantastic to my wife. I've met him a couple of times and he's been just a complete gentleman and uh, an, an awesome person and very, very encouraging to these girls that have outside pursuits and all this stuff. He's, he's been fantastic. That, uh, that job has been uh, yeah awesome for her. Dude, that's so. Have you are you into the UFC? Have you been to fights and all that jazz? The, the, this is something that's going to annoy most people that are UFC fans. I've had the best seats in the house for UFC, either via my wife or sitting next to Rogan, uh, that we you know that we're friends with. And I I don't know a lot about the sport to be honest. I, I love watching it. I love the atmosphere. I love being there. You, you fight until someone goes, I'm out, or the ref goes, all right, that's enough. That, yeah, that's the extent of my knowledge. But people come up to me and they go, hey, did you see that Blah Blah's fighting her? And I go, cool. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, people are really, really into it. And, and the more you're into it, you realize, but it, like, I, I would imagine it's, it's like baseball. I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't jumped into that world yet. As far as knowing the mental aspects, like okay, this one's good with once they get you on the ground. This one's good with body. yeah, yeah. This one's a kicker. This one's a grappler. This one, once you you know, if you do there, you gotta wear them out. I don't, I don't know all of them like that. Um, but I once. You know, me and Rogan were in, Joe Rogan was in Las Vegas and I was doing a show and he was doing a show and I went, I laughed my 
ass off. I was howling. I think we talked about the bit where he gets up on the, the stool and he starts doing like this. <laughs> yeah, the this, Kardashian bit. Yes, the Kardashian bit. <laughs> I don't think I ever laughed so. I was laughing so hard. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't freaking breathe. He's on top of the thing with the wings going. <laughs> Man, I don't even remember everything he was saying, but I, the more he said, I was, I was laughing so damn hard. Um, and then you know, yeah, he he gets me with those deep belly laughs when oh, you, it's it's uncontrollable and you're oh, just you're in it so hard you're keeling over. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, and he's like, Jim, you gotta um, you gotta come fight tomorrow, and it was it was McGregor. I want to say verse like it was a Spanish name. I I, I don't know, but it was one of the, oh, I don't know. I can't help you. <laughs> it, it was one of those, and he sat me right by you know right by ringside, like right behind him, and yeah. sitting right by McGregor's family, his wife, and all that. And I also remember that was the first time where I saw like a guy not in great shape fighting another guy who was in amazing shape, but the non-shape guy just kept kicking the guy in the leg and when you're ringside you hear that it sounds like this you're like oh my god oh, it wasn't it wasn't right. diaz was fact. it oh and then it would it literally by round two it looked like someone took a bat and just pad it was purple it was purple black and the guy's just standing there trying to and uh, the out of shape guy eventually won the fight and that that's what that's what I find fascinating with the UFC. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter. It all comes down to the the, the mental strength, the physical strength. It's it's uh, it is fascinating. Sometimes a little brutal for me to watch, but um, how is it when you're sitting right there with uh, behind, like ringside with Rogan? The the extra noises you can hear from people, like when they get hit, you just hear the. Uh, that's, what from the, like, that's what I'm saying. You hear, oh, now, I'm watching, and McGregor's getting his ass kicked. He's getting his ass beat. And apparently he's fighting a guy that he wasn't supposed to fight. Someone dropped out, and this guy's like... Oh, yeah. And his wife and family are screaming behind me, and his wife's crying, and I'm looking. I felt like I was in the middle of the Rocky movie, and I'm looking, like, oh, my God, get out, get get out, and I'm looking at the family and I'm looking at McGregor. And then he was a, the guy went for a chokehold to tap him out, which I was like, yeah, it's time. He's, he ain't going to make it. And then all of a sudden, he gets out of that hold and to his feet. And I think three quarters of the audience was from Ireland. And yeah, legs were flying, and the roar and energy that crowd. And you saw he he had all the energy he needed, and he was electrified by that audience, and so was I. And his wife was standing up like, "Oh my god, you're okay!" What is going? And I saw the I saw the other guy's eyes, eyes, and you could tell he was defeated. He just went. I, I just had you. I just, I, I had, and within eight more seconds, bing, bang, boom, 
knocked the guy out. Went, oh my God. And the reason I remember that was I had a flight at midnight and I couldn't get out of the arena because all everyone from Ireland was standing on every slot machine. They were just clogging the hallways. There's nothing security could do. Uh, it took me 45 minutes to an hour to get out. Then there was a huge line to catch a, um, there had to be 50 people deep to get a taxi and they, God, perks. The guy went, Brewer, come here. You need a car? Yeah, come over here. Come over here. Get him out of here. And uh, I got out of there. But did it. So I probably saw your wife that night and didn't even know it. I was there um, uh, because I remember the Irish uh, fan base coming out and just swarming into the casino and taking over the casino. And everyone was terrified because there was all this chanting and screaming. But I come from Australia where this is common practice and I knew it was cheers of uh, joy. And but because they're so collected and they've got these hymn like anthems that they sing, everyone was like, what's happening? Is this a riot? But I was like, no, no, <laughs> this is a calm uh, celebration for their countrymen that just won. But that was uh, that was big because I watched uh, those those bunch of fights where McGregor started to really rise. And I noticed something real different was happening because at the um, the weigh-ins, uh, they had to move it to a bigger venue because all the Irish were showing up for the weigh-ins and, and huge crowds, thousands and thousands, were coming for that to see McGregor. And I'm like, this is this something's changing in the sport. Rousey was the first one to change the sport to bring it to um, uh, prominence for everyone. And I would, I would argue that with anyone because that was the first time that people were going out to watch UFC, to watch Ronda Rousey fight. And then McGregor really took it to the next level. And, and then the UFC, I think the UFC is the fastest growing sport of all time from when it uh, started to when, where it got to. And, uh, and yeah, my, my wife has been part of that for half of its existence and, and they've supported her uh, through all her other endeavors outside and everything. They've been awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I hope we have a lot of cool shows together. Uh, I'd love to get a whole thing going next year where it's like me, you, Sid, Brian McKenna. And we do some t maybe a couple shows together. Uh, yeah, private jets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> The guys that flew out to the Vegas Metallica show, I never saw them again. Never saw them again. There was pictures. Really? Shooting machine guns. And then there was a, they went to another, I just never saw them. They just landed in Vegas. That was it. They were gone. I don't even know if they heard or anything like that. Um, but uh, in the meantime, I'll look for that video and maybe I can post it if I'm allowed to post it. And um, otherwise, have a great Christmas, man. It was nice having you on. And I wish yeah, you and your wife very merry. And everyone back in Australia, lots of love and happiness and all that jazz. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. See you, mate. That's Monty Franklin. Um, you know, the holidays causes a lot of stress sometimes and all that jazz, but you know, I put it all aside and I'm going to say this and I said it on my live feed. Um, I don't listen to, I, I appreciate there's a lot of you and you know who you are. 
that always runs into my defense if someone writes anything negative and all that jazz and you're just on it. We live in a time where people are being manipulated. We've been manipulated for centuries. We just, more and more people are understanding that. Um, but if, if there are people still, they want to be confrontational. They want to prove they're right. They want to, they want to, they want to repeat everything they're seeing and heeing and spew it on you and get their facts. I, I have family members that just cannot wait to just prove a point that they're, they're right. Um, and the minute you change the, I'm not angry at you. Um, you just let them, let them have that, let them own that. And if it makes them feel better that they think they're smarter, if it makes them feel better and, and it helps their fear or whatever it is to prove that they're right, let them have it, let them have it. As long as you know where you're at in life, do yourself a favor, spread joy, man, spread joy because 99.9% of the time when you spread meanness and your opinions and you want to get things right, uh, it causes bad stuff. But when you spread joy, it's a pretty good percentage that eventually it, it, it infiltrates and it makes you feel better. Keep away from political talk. Um, keep away from that. Enjoy your time. We're not here very long. This is a very small amount of time we're here. Think of where you were five years ago. Wow, has time changed in just five years? Think of where you were this time last year. Now think of what, how much change will happen in five more years, 10 more years. So do yourself a favor. Um, be in the moment. Enjoy who you're with. Even if you think this person's your enemy and they don't agree with everything and they want to get their point across, Find the little things that'll detract from that and have a great Christmas, a wonderful Christmas, a great Christmas Eve, a beautiful Christmas Eve, and be safe on New Year's and all that jazz. And hopefully I'll see some of you in West Palm Beach, Florida, where I'll be there December 30th through January 2nd. Uh, for all the Patreon members, I can't thank you enough. I, I, I did not see this coming. More and more people are joining and more and more people are just staying. So I'm gonna do everything I can and, and always take your suggestions to continue to make it uh, at least entertaining for you and all of us to keep moving along. I hope you liked last week's uh, show in Tampa or this week's show in Tampa. And uh, I hope you liked the, uh, the, the Vegas one in the middle of January. And until then, safe journeys. Talk to me either here or I'd look at my Instagram page on the uh, direct message. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Mike, have a great Christmas. Uh, you too, man. Have a Merry Christmas, man. All the best to you. Thank you for everything you've done for me and helped me set this up and all that jazz. I feel very thankful that you're that I have you help me with all that, man. I wish you the very best. It's an honor, man. Thank you. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas, everyone. Be safe, lots of love, lots of laughter. Take care.